We're back at it again. The money stop, the most important stop of the day returns. He's Cole Cusimano. I'm Stephen Cusimano. And after a couple weeks off for us, Cole, we were actually with each other last week. You came out and visited me at one of the Somerset Patriots games, the Yankees AA affiliate. And we had our NASCAR night. We were hanging out with Sage Karam and Joe Graff Jr. And they both had a great time at the ballpark. They were out a couple of first pitches. And on the money stop side of things, we were kind of running around. I was busy, of course, with work, and you were busy seeing family. So in spite of the fact that we were together, we actually didn't record a formal episode last week. So hopefully uh, that will not happen again. But great race at Nashville, and Ross Chastain is back in victory lane. It was a really fun Nashville race, and I would probably venture to say, Cole, the best Nashville race we've had in the Cup Series since NASCAR started going there. Yeah, just flat out, I love this track. I think it produces some great racing. I think the fans come out in droves. And it's one of those destinations, kind of like where you're seeing with Las Vegas and Phoenix, to where people want to come to these events. I think the sport puts on a great show on the track, off the track, you name it. Um, just top to bottom, a great event. And what a joy to see Ross Chastain back in victory lane. I think when this guy is winning, it is contagious for himself. And I think that it's great for the sport as well, because he just brings such a much-needed personality that's lacking in the sport right now, in the Cup Series specifically. And I think the way he got this win was very telling for him in 2023 and his progression to this point. Because since the whole dust-up with Kyle Larson back at Darlington, when he got the meeting with Justin Marks, Kyle Larson, Rick Hendrick, he was not the same driver. And you can tell that. He was not getting results. He was watching his P's and Q's on track. And what do you know? Finally, he comes out, qualifies on the pole, wins the race. It wasn't a dominant race, but he had one of the best cars for sure. And just the way he got that win cleanly and just showing the field that he can do it without laying the bumper to someone was really, really encouraging. And I think a step in the, in the right direction for Ross Chastain and Trackhouse Racing. Absolutely. It was a fun race from start to finish. Had some three wide racing for the lead at a few laps in a row at one point. And it was entertaining. Again, like you said, it's good for the sport to see Ross Chastain in victory lane. And uh, this week we go to a complete wild card. We're going to the Chicago Street Course. So, not a lot to go off of, but we'll discuss maybe what we can expect and what we can go off of based on this week. Uh, as a reminder, though, this is The Money Stop. We are presented by Kicking the Tires and Sharp Link Gaming. Thank you so much for joining us for the most important NASCAR betting stop of the day. Recapping Nashville one final time with the top 10 finishers. Ross Chastain, the winner. Martin Truex Jr. wound up second. Denny Hamlin, third. Chase Elliott with a strong day in fourth. Kyle Larson with a nice rebound finished fifth. William Byron, sixth. Christopher Bell, 7th, Eric Jones, 8th, Kyle Busch, ninth, and A.J. Allmendinger rounded out in the top 10. And one more takeaway for me, Cole, is that I feel like over the last three or four race weekends, we've kind of seen not a changing of the guard, but there was just such an immense dominance of Hendrick Motorsports the first quarter and first third or so of the season. Now that we're halfway through, I don't think that they're they're necessarily the class of the field anymore. And I don't think it's, again, been a changing of the guard, but I think you've started to see the competition catch up, and namely the Toyotas. You look at Truex and Denny Hamlin right up there and some other contenders, Christopher Bell finishing right behind the 300 Chevys. I think that the, the competition is caught up to Hendrick Motorsports. That's my takeaway. Without a doubt. It's definitely split right now down the middle. I would say even Toyota might have the upper hand at this point. I also think that Truex has been the best driver by far over the last couple weeks, and I'm curious to see how all this works out for Chicago being a brand new street course track for us, and um, I think what we can expect for this race is I think we'll, we'll see more or less the road course racers kind of rise to the forefront as uh, contenders in this race. I think we'll see a lot of those road course specialists rise to the occasion and really play a factor in the win. 
uh, for this one. And speaking with both Sage Karam and Joe Graff Jr., who I think both had really good opinions on the Chicago Street Course race, I think you're going to get one thing or the other. It's either going to be a very tame race where not a whole lot happens, or you're going to have a race where a lot of cars get torn up. And I think there's no in-between because when you go to these new tracks, that's what you get. It's one or the other, and going to somewhere where you really don't know what you're going to get as far as the track surface, there's just so many unknowns, and I'm taking a lot of stock this weekend into the road course racers and the specialists that raced open wheel at some point in their life. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all we can do. Uh, you look at what the road course pedigree has been this year for the sport and over the next-gen era, and that's pretty much all we can go off of, and couldn't agree more. I mean, we go to, I think, back to that first race at the Roval a few years ago, and that was one where there was calamity. And there's other road courses we visited, and they've not necessarily had, have been as much action on the track. So we'll see what the competition is like this week. It's going to be the Grant Park 220 for the NASCAR Cup Series, making its debut at the Chicago Street Course. Flipping over to our nickel or dime segment, Cole, there are some really impressive-looking paint schemes Hitting the track at Chicago this week, and I've got to start by throwing out a dime for the Baconator car that Noah Gregson is running, the Wendy's car that has a Baconator on the side, a couple fries and, and bacon uh, bacon strips on the front hood. That's one of my favorite cars all year. I think it's a silver dollar contender, and it's also the weekend before the 4th of July, so we're starting to see a couple of other patriotic paint schemes come into play. Kyle Larson brings his back. I like the one that uh, Brad Keselowski is running this week with the chrome red and then the blue to white ombre from the back of the car to the front of the car. And then uh, I always was a big fan of the 24 uh, William Byron Valvoline paint scheme that he's rolling out this week. And then we've got the Hooters Night Owl car, which is always a hot topic for us. I've been a big fan of that one this year. Those would be my dimes this week. And you can find this at graphic on at the underscore money stop on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So follow along and let us know what your favorite paint scheme is. But those are the ones, Cole, that immediately stick out to me. I totally agree with all of what you just said. I love the Baconator car being a uh, a Wendy's aficionado and a lover of the Baconator. I also, I gotta give a shout out to the, what I'm dubbing the racing strips on the hood. Two bacon strips going on along the uh, the louvers and all that. So very, very nice design there. Um, also want to give a shout out to Noah Gregson as the Bacon King of Chicago. Uh, giving maybe Abe Froman to run for his money as the Sausage King, you know, from Ferris Bueller. But... I think looking at this field, I'm a little bit disappointed in the fact that it is a 4th of July weekend race and there aren't a whole lot of patriotic paint schemes, but the ones that are in there look really good. Like you mentioned, the Brad Kozlowski number 6, which always looks great. The other RFK car of uh, Chris Buescher looks awesome as well with the red chrome 17, and there's like a, the front half of the car is white-based with the... Uh, red hexagonal design, and the back half looks like the classic fast null car with uh, some glowing blue designs and the blue hexagons as well. Just really sharp looking. I also am a big fan of the number 99 by Daniel Suarez, really playing into the Chicago weekend. It's his Worldwide Express car, but instead of the traditional baby blue with black, it's uh, Chicago colored. So it's a white base. There's the light blue Chicago in there as well with some red stars. Just Fits the weekend very well. Also want to give an honorable mention to the number 77 of Ty Dillon, who is rocking a White Sox paint scheme. Not really a big fan of the car itself, but just the fact that they can get a professional sporting team like the Chicago White Sox on the car is uh, really big and just speaks volumes about this event. And yeah, I think that's all I got to say. I, I think some of the returning patriotic paint schemes I like as well, like Kyle Larson's number five. 
Truex is number 19, but overall, solid week for paint schemes. I would agree with that, and I was going to say the same thing as we get into our odds per Sharplink Gaming uh, and BetMGM pre-qualifying. I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking it's going to change a lot by the time we see practice and qualifying, because there's going to be teams that unload well and drivers that unload well at this track that we're not necessarily forecasting right now, and there's going to be just some kind of a natural feel, because you got to remember, none of the NASCAR National Touring Series has visited the Chicago street course before. So it's going to be important to take that into consideration, practice at 1.30 Eastern time on on Saturday, and then qualifying at 2.30 Eastern time on Saturday. So that's I'm taking a lot of stock into that as we look at these pre-qualifying odds, though, Cole. Chase Elliott's the favorite, plus 500, despite the fact he has not won a race this year. And the pressure is picking up with every week that we get closer to the playoffs and he needs a win. Tyler Reddick, who has been one of the road course ringers as of recently, is valued at plus 650. Martin Truex Jr., third, plus 700. That might be a good value considering, as you mentioned, Cole, he's been one of the best drivers in the garage the last couple of weeks. Kyle Larson's plus 800, tied with A.J. Allmendinger for the fourth best odds this week, entering the Grant Park 220 race weekend. So it'll be an interesting week. I think you hit it right on the cuff, Cole, is that we're going with a little bit more of our gut here. You know, you want to pick guys that have looked good on the the road course races because that's more than likely going to translate to a package that they're going to use here at the Chicago street course. So why don't you kick it off and take it to the bank for us as we look at our favorites category for this week. Take it to the bank for us, Cole. Well, my favorite is going to be the actual favorite going in, and that'll be Chase Elliott. And you mentioned it. The pressure's on for the postseason. Nine races left until Daytona. He's 64 points out, and he's coming off a big fourth-place day at Nashville, which I think is going to give him a lot of momentum going into a street course race with a lot of unknowns. And I think just given his road course racing pedigree and that background, it should bode well for him in having a strong run once again. He mentioned uh, he knows he has to have big points today. I think he's looking at this one as one where he can really capitalize and pick up a lot of points on his competition ahead once again. And we always preach the gut call on the money stop. And I think as long as he can keep that car clean, he's going to be efficient like we've seen all season. When he's racing, he's efficient. He's running top five. He's running top ten. He's going to get those quality results. And I just think this is going to be one of the biggest races, not only of the year, but in NASCAR's 75-year history. And I think when you look back, Chase Elliott's going to have something to say about the win here. He has a value of $10,300 for DFS. And again, he's the favorite at plus 500 for the win. I mean, that would be huge. Going to a market like Chicago and to see Chase Elliott win and get his way into the playoffs, that would be massive for the sport. Uh, when I'm looking at uh, or at favorites this week, Cole, I'm looking no further than Martin Truex Jr. I mean, four straight top fives. He is easily the hottest driver in the sport. 50-plus laps led in each of the last two races. And, oh, by the way, talking about taking some stock into our road course races this year, he dominated at the last one we were at at Sonoma earlier during the month of June. So, uh, valued at 10,400 in DFS and plus 700, which is, again, the third highest odds in, uh, in, in the sport this week. I think it's worth the risk, and I don't even think it's, it is a risk. I mean, you look at what he's done recently, you look at the way he's raced on the road courses this year. I think that Martin Truex Jr. is a guy that is going to be running up front, starting up front, and finishing up front, and he very well may be my pick for the win. I'm a big fan of Truex this week, as well as Tyler Reddick. He's got, you know, on the flip side of the coin— Three straight finishes of 30th or worse. So he's coming into this race ice cold, but he is known as, at this point in you know the next-gen era, one of the best road course racers out there, including win at Coda last year, 10,100 on DFS. is a little bit of a steep value considering where he's been at the last few weeks. 
plus 650 for the win. Again, I think that there's not a ton of value out there this week in terms of the favorites. I think you just got to pick you know, the guy that you go, go with your gut and, and pick with those guys. So I, I'm a big fan of Reddick's this week. I'm a big fan of Martin Truex Jr. and even Chase Elliott this week. I think that you know when we go to these new courses, these new treks, a lot of times you're seeing the veterans kind of take over. You see the veterans kind of rise to the occasion and the cream rises to the top. And I think you're going to see the guys like Martin Truex Jr., the guys like Chase Elliott, be the ones that are able to put a complete race together. But it wouldn't surprise me, Cole, if there are a few sleepers who put themselves into the the fold by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think the Toyotas are going to be a factor in this race for sure. You can't ignore Truex and the pace he's been on over the last few weeks, month basically, and Reddick has just established himself as a masterclass in, in road course racing and just so great to see how far he's developed in that regard. But you mentioned sleepers and a sleeper who is used very lightly is going to be, in my opinion, AJ Allmendinger as one of the favorites in this race. And I think I mentioned it earlier. I think this will be a race where the specialists shine, whether it be road course racing or other forms of motorsports. And I think back to the inaugural race at the Indianapolis road course where AJ Allmendinger came out and won that race. And this is just a guy that I think has such a knack for this style of racing. I think he's so talented. And although the results don't really show it this year on the road courses, the speed has been there it's been pit road setbacks. It's been on-track altercations. But he did finish sixth at Sonoma. I think going into this race, he might have a little bit of leg up on the competition given his open-wheel background, sports car racing background, all these other forms of motorsports where he may have dabbled in more road course racing or even street course racing. And I think that he's going to be a contender in this one for sure. I love his value for DFS at $9,900. Plus 800 for the race wins, a little bit steep for me. But if you feel strongly about... Almondinger, as opposed to the bigger names like Chase Elliott or, or Martin Truex Jr., he is 1,000% worth looking at. And I'm very excited now to transition into the sleepers category because this was a very untraditional format for this episode. We kind of were go, going off the cuff and more observational. And I put my two drivers in here last night making the outline. I asked you for your two drivers. And ironically, all four drivers that we picked for this category are within the same price range for DFS and the same race-winning odds numbers. So um, I think that says a lot about where our heads are at, and I think it's a, it, it's a good thing to, to take a lot of stock in what we're talking about in terms of uh, what drivers to be looking at going forward for sleepers for the win and for DFS. Yeah, I'm looking at that range, and I'm looking at our four drivers. As you said, Cole, they're all between 2,000 and 2,500, plus 2,000, plus 2,500 for the race win. So I'm calling that a sweet spot. I think that there's a very good chance that at a track we've never been to, a wild card could win this race. They're all also valued between 8400 and 8900 in Daily Fantasy. So I'm definitely expecting that if there is a sleeper race winner, you know, you and I didn't really converse about this very much back and forth at all. You just kind of asked me for who my favorites were, and you told me who yours were after that, and they happened to be right in that same range. So this is the sweet spot that I'm looking at. And as I look at sleepers, Cole, I'm starting with Austin Sindrick because, again, I'm just trying to think of guys that have had good success on road courses. And Sindrick, when you think about this next-gen era from the start of last year, he's got five top 10 finishes, which is the third most in the sport on road courses. And a name that's a little bit overlooked because he's got only the one win at the Daytona 500 at the beginning of last season. Not a lot since then, and it's been a quiet season this year even for Austin Sindrick. But I think that Austin Sindrick can be a guy that runs up front and could make some waves by the end of this race. So he's valued at 8,400. He's actually the cheapest driver out of all of our sleepers in daily fantasy. And at plus 2,000, ironically enough, he is actually 
the most favored out of our four sleepers for the win. So take that as you will. But Austin Sindrick uh, could seem like a really good value this week. I mean, we've seen him win a lot of Xfinity Series road course races, and it wouldn't uh, be a surprise. It wouldn't be a huge surprise to see me see him in victory lane at the Chicago Street Course, along with Daniel Suarez. I just think that he's a guy that has a knack for rising to the occasion in these kind of not crowned jewel events because this is the first time we've been here, but it's obviously a big week for the sport. I love the Chicago colors on his car, like you mentioned, Colin. It's a guy who's won at a road course. He won at Sonoma last year, and, and that came pretty much out of nowhere. And if Daniel Suarez was to win this week, that would also come out of nowhere. So it's just more of a gut call and the fact that he has been one of the guys that with Trackhouse Racing, they've had a good road course racing program the last couple of years with the next-gen car. And he's valued at 8900 which is a little bit steep. He is actually the most expensive out of our drivers in the sleepers category on DFS. So I'm looking at probably the other guys in this tier when it comes to uh, the DFS picks, unless you can fit him in there with some cheaper priced drivers. But he is at twenty uh, plus 2,500 for the win, which I do think is a pretty good value for a guy that has shown he can run up front and win at a road course race. And we go to a street course here this week, and I think it's one where, again, it's a big race, a lot of fans of Daniel Suarez. There's going to be a lot of amigos at the race, the street course in Chicago, and I'm expecting Suarez to potentially figure himself into the win here. Yeah, great stuff on both those drivers. I couldn't agree more. I think Austin Sindrick, he's definitely on the low end of the sleepers category just because the results haven't been there, obviously, in 2023, but there's no denying his status as a road course specialist uh, in his NASCAR career. I think, obviously, racing in team, for Team Penske, you have the speed under the hood, just a matter of stringing the results together, and I think that $8,400 is definitely worth looking at. So right above that recommended average salary threshold when you're beginning drafting your lineups in DFS. So that's always a good call. And I agree with you with Daniel Suarez, more of like a gut call than anything. The speed's been there in moderation this year. I think there's a good buzz surrounding Trackhouse following um, Ross Chastain's win at Nashville. And I think you're a thousand percent right in saying that he usually rises to the occasion in these bigger marquee events. So I like Daniel Suarez quite a bit as well on the high end of DFS, obviously at $8,900. And the two guys I'm looking at are in that middle ground of our sleepers category in terms of DFS pricing. First driver is going to be Michael McDowell, in my opinion, put up arguably the most competitive fight of his career on the last road course we were at at Sonoma. He ran third place essentially all day, and he was the second best by far to Martin Truex Jr., who won the race. And I think that just showed what kind of driver he is and how skilled he is at road course racing. And I think we're going to see that again on display in Chicago. He's coming off a bad day in Nashville where he dropped a 20th in the standings, only 27 points out. But again, we mentioned that there's only nine races left until the postseason. And that's a bit of a steep climb for someone in middle ground equipment for front row motorsports. So I think this is one they have circled on the calendar as one where they can definitely jump on the competition and really gain some more ground. I think he is a safe and a legitimate contender for a top five day at Chicago. I love his value at $8,700, so a bit steeper than we have seen uh, at the road courses this year, but I think that's for good reason. And again, his odds for the win are plus 2,500, which I'm always going to be looking at. The next driver I'm looking at is going to be Chris Busher, riding seven straight top tens on road courses going back to 2022. That just speaks volumes about where this driver has come, not only in his career, but on road courses. And I think that he's, much like Michael McDowell, a very safe and reliable bet for DFS. And uh, great price as well, $8,500. He is plus 2200 for the race win. And I think, much like McDowell, he's also worth looking at for top 10 bets, top 5 bets, and maybe even top 3. Just, again, keep an eye on practice and qualifying, of course. And um, 
yeah, I think that's a pretty well-rounded sleeper category. And again, we're looking at that as the sweet spot in that 2,000 to 2,500 range for her race winner and then 8,400 to 8,900 for DFS. Yeah, I'll be honest. I feel really good about that sleepers category, maybe even more so than the favorites. Because again, we're going into a wild card race and there's going to be some names that people are not expecting that put themselves in the mix. And I love all four of those guys, McDowell, Busher, Suarez, and Sindrick. I could see any one of them winning on Sunday. And uh, you mentioned the seven straight top tens on road courses for Chris Busher. I mean, it's just been such an impressive performance by him because, again, when this streak of seven straight top tens started, you weren't thinking of him as a road course racer to begin with, but he certainly has put himself into that conversation. And who knows, we could be talking about him as a favorite for road courses in the not-too-distant future. He's having a career year, and the types of things that happen in career seasons are surprise wins. And, and I think that any one of these drivers, specifically Chris Buescher, because he's having a career season, uh, it could be a big day for him at the Chicago street course. Switching over to our value picks, co- though, Cole, these are guys that don't necessarily have as good of an outside chance at winning the race, but they're going to be more value picks in the sense that um, they're going to be lower valued on DFS, longer odds to win the race, so you can feel a little bit more comfortable fitting them into your lineup. And you mentioned the word safe with a few of those drivers in the sleepers category. Uh, A pretty safe value pick this week, I think, is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Because uh, you look at his two road course finishes this year, he finished 12th at Sonoma and then 7th at Coda. And he's just a guy that all year long, you talk about career seasons, that's a perfect segue into Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Because he has had exactly that. He's right at 6,600 this week in Daily Fantasy, which is really solid odds for a guy that has posted good results at every single kind of track we've been to. He has been one of the most consistent drivers in the sport all year. Good for a top 15 almost every single week. Um, it's been a couple of down weeks, but for the most part, it's been a really successful season for Stenhouse, starting with the Daytona 500 win. And at 6,600, He's just a safe pick. I don't think he's going to screw your day over at a track like this at at Chicago. Um, And I think that you just look at what he's done this year, and it's been pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And safe is is definitely the big word here for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Someone I'm looking at is definitely Ty Gibbs as another safe and reliable bet. Even with all the unknowns, he's just a kid that adapts so well to whatever track he's going to. And he's also very skilled on road courses. Got a couple wins there in the Xfinity Series as well. And we mentioned Toyota's upswing. I think he's as safe as it gets, and his value is also not going to break your bank at $7,300 for DFS. And someone else I'm looking at, who I believe is a smoking deal for DFS, is Bubba Wallace. And you mentioned guys like Suarez kind of rising to the occasion and just having a knack for performing on the big stage. I think Bubba's in that air for this week only because he just seems like he's in such a great headspace, and you can tell that Bubba's actually enjoying racing, which... It sounds weird to say, but like I feel like there's times where you could tell that he's in his head a lot and it's just not fun for him. I think he's in a great spot. I have a very great feeling about him this weekend. And we mentioned again the Toyota upswing. He's in great equipment. 2311 has drawn so well on the road courses specifically with, with Reddick. And I think this is going to be a race where Bubba Wallace shines and is a top 10 car. So I love his DFS value at $6,900. But Bubba Wallace, I think just... Given the equipment, where he's at right now, he's having the best season of his career to date. That $6,900 for DFS is just way too good to pass up on. That's borderline lock territory. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, he's a driver that when he's hot, you want him in your lineup. And um, he's made us look pretty smart by doing that as long as he's been racing in the Cup Series. My final value pick, Cole, I'm looking at not just drivers that have been good in this road course package this year, but teams too. And I look at Rick Ware Racing as a team that's had 
really good success on our two road course races this year. They've had two entries in each of the two road course races, and they've pieced together three top 25s out of the four finishes. So when you're looking at value picks, that's the kind of value you're looking for. And you have a guy like Jensen Button, who last time he was in the car in Coda, finished in the top 20. And that was, again, coming basically out of nowhere into the 15 car, which he's also racing again this week. I think you're looking at those road course racing specialists that are coming into the sport just for events like this into a big market and trying to make some waves. And he's got some comfortability with the car now. I really think that there's a good chance that Jensen Button could run up front in the top 15, top 10 this week. And again, I'm just looking at Rick Ware Racing as a team that has shown that they can be sporty at the road courses this year. And even with the other cars, Todd Gilliland had himself a good run last time when he was racing for Rick Ware at Sonoma. So um, I'm looking at Jensen Button as a guy that could definitely be a good value this week at 6,800. I don't know if that's necessarily borderline rock, rock territory when you've got guys like Ricky Stenhouse and Bubba Wallace who might be a little safer, but I'm definitely a fan of Jensen Button and both Rick Ware racing cars this week. I, I think you look at Andy Lally as another guy that is a road course racing specialist that could certainly pull out a top 20. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think having experience in this car is vital, and I think having that Street course racing experience is, again, going to be a premium. Uh, and you mentioned Rick Ware Racing. That's not the Rick Ware Racing of old. They've had top 20s. They've had top 25s. Even guys like J.J. Yaley have come out and put up good performances on the Oval. So I think it's great to be looking at Jensen Button for DFS. I think Shane Van G with the Project 91 car is also worth looking at. I would have him in our DFS lineup as well, but he has no current value on DraftKings, so questionable there. But I think, yeah, as you mentioned, Jensen Button, Shane Van G, Andy Lally, all those guys that have background uh, road course racing, street course racing, they are going to be worth looking at for DFS. Solid value pick, Jensen Button, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Bubba Wallace, and Ty Gibbs. So now we got 12. We each got to pick a driver from that uh, category and a driver from our sleepers and our favorites. I'm going to go Martin Truex Jr. for my favorite. I just think he's red hot. And look at what he did the last time we were at a road course. It's hard to not see him winning this race. And for my sleeper, I'll take Austin Sindrick, who's just been so solid on the road courses during his, his NASCAR tenure. And I'll go with Jensen Button as my value pick. I just think that you know coming out of basically nowhere to finish in the top 20, at Coda was impressive, and there's no reason why he can't do the same or better this time going to the Chicago street course. Very nice. For my favorite, I'm going with Chase Elliott. I think when he's on track, he is extremely efficient, and I think going into a race like Chicago, he knows the pressure's on to get to the playoffs. He knows he's one of those drivers that that shines on road course-style events, and I just think he's going to come out there and, and put on a good show for the fans in the first downtown Chicago street course race. For my sleeper, I got to go with Michael McDowell, I think in general, he's a great road course racer, but just seeing what he did at Sonoma a couple weeks ago and the performance he put on, it, it it would be impossible not to pick him as a sleeper in this race. And for my value pick, I got to go with Bubba Wallace over Ty Gibbs. I think Ty Gibbs would be a safer pick in terms of, you know, position wise, but I think in terms of value that $6,900 for DFS is just way too good to pass up. And again, we preach the gut call on the money stop. I think that Bubba's going to have a really good day even with all the uh, inconsistency on road course racing. So those are going to be my, my drivers, Chase Elliott, Michael McDowell, and Bubba Wallace. It's a pretty well-rounded group, couple of veterans in Chase and Truex. And then and then you got Michael McDowell, Austin Sindrick, Bubba Wallace, and Jensen Button. Let's look at our big money bets now, Cole. These are our favorite prop bets of the week. You know, we've talked a little bit about race winners, DFS value. We'll get to our DFS lineup in a minute, but 
We like to talk about prop bets, ones that you could feel a little bit more strongly. If you think that so-and-so is going to win the race, you can also feel just as confident that they're going to finish in the top three or the top five. So we're looking at values here, um, and these are per bet MGM, of course. I'm looking at A.J. Allmendinger at plus 150 to be in the top five. That is a, a really good value. You look at some of the favorites to win this race, and, and the dinger to finish in the top five seems like something that is very much so on my radar. Along with Martin Truex Jr., he's on a four-race top five streak, and we just touted his road course racing pedigree and what he did at Sonoma, not to beat a dead horse, but plus 125 to be in the top five seems like a great value in my opinion. And then looking a little bit deeper down on the list, I'm looking for more of a sleeper, a guy that I mentioned as someone that I have a pretty good feeling about, more a gut feeling, and that's Daniel Suarez. He's plus 325 to finish in the top five. And I'm again, I'm not locking that down. I'm not throwing a huge bet on that, but it's one that certainly is on my radar for a good 5 or $10 flyer, and I wouldn't be surprised if it pays off. Very nice. Yeah, we're on the same page here. Uh, I agree with what you're saying in the sense that uh, if you feel strong about a certain driver going into this race, bet them for top three, top five props. For me, that would be Chase Elliott. He is plus 150 to finish top three and plus 105 to finish top five, which is right above even. That's one I feel very good about. That'll be a big money bet for sure, plus 105 to finish top five for Chase Elliott. I also love the Truex top five bet at plus 125, the Almendinger top five prop at plus 150, and more of a long shot for me, but more, um, I think, safe. And one that I could definitely see it paying off is uh, Michael McDowell to finish top five at plus 325. So again, we're on the same page here. I love all these props that we just mentioned for big money bets. And um, th- I guess the one I feel most confident in would be, for sure, Chase Elliott at plus 105 to finish top five. There are some really good ones this week. I mean, uh, looking at those top five bets, those are all to be honest, pretty enticing because you've got a very even playing field between the favorites this week. And I think that there's a good chance a lot of them could finish in the top five. So that might be a good way to bank out this week if you do not pick the race winner. Another good way to bank out, that would be with taking our advice on a daily fantasy recommended lineup. And I feel really good about the lineup that we're rolling out this week, Cole. It can It is comprised of six names that we have talked about in this episode. It's not the exact six drivers that you and I picked from our 12, but it is six drivers from the 12 in some way or another. So you got to be crafty when you're making a DFS lineup. you got to start with your ace, and we went with Chase Elliott, 10300 uh, as our most expensive driver in this lineup. And we had a lot of really good values that we've discussed in this episode. So um, it's a pretty well-rounded lineup from top to bottom, as our most second most expensive driver is actually one of our sleepers, Michael McDowell, valued at 8700 in Daily Fantasy, and then a couple other sleepers in Chris Buescher at 8500 Austin Sindrick at 8,400, and then Ty Gibbs at 7,300 is our second cheapest driver with Jensen Button at 6,800, our cheapest. So it's all names that we've discussed, and you know when, when the lineup happens to shake out like that, that we're able to work in all names that we're pretty confident in, uh, makes me pretty confident in our lineups. And, and again, we've had a really good success daily fantasy-wise at the road courses over the last two and a half years that we've done this podcast. Yeah, and this is super well-rounded. A lot of road course racing pedigree in here. I think there's a lot of safe bets in here uh, with names like Ty Gibbs, Michael McDowell, and Chris Buescher. I think Jensen Button, you mentioned it during your analysis, is a great driver to look at with a great value at $6,800 given his road course racing background and um, Rick, Rick Ware Racing's 
status in the Cup Series in 2023. And yeah, I think having Chase Elliott as your ace in the hole is definitely going to be worth looking at. If you feel better about Truex or Larson or Reddick, obviously you can go with those guys. But for our sake, we think that Chase Elliott's going to have a really good day. And then, yeah, of course, Austin Sendrick. I think he's the one main question mark for me only because you don't know what you're going to get. I think he's been all over the place in 2023, but historically he's done very well on the road courses. And I think this is a driver where a driver on a team where you think about Team Penske and they usually rise to the occasion in, in big market events and, and marquee events like the Chicago Street Course. So I like taking uh, Austin Cindric as a, a good bet this weekend and a good gamble. Speaking of gambles, let's go with our race winner picks here. This is where we might go a little bit outside the box and uh, go with our gut. And we take turns every week. So I picked the, the last race winner. And that means you get to pick the race winner first this week. And it, it alternates between we each pick a sleeper too. So I have first pick at a sleeper this week, Cole. So you've got first pick at a race winner, so why don't you take it away? Yep, I'll keep it quick. You know where my head's at. I'm going Chase Elliott for my race winner. For sleeper, we're looking at 15th and down in the race winner odds per bet MGM, which will be Joey Logano and lower. Yeah, my race winner, I've showed my cards early too. I think it's going to be Martin Truex Jr. I just think that with in this next-gen era, we've seen that the one driver that excels on the road courses is the one that, that we've seen dominate in a lot of the events. We saw it with Kyle Larson in 2021, and we saw it with Chase Elliott as well in recent memory. And I think that Martin Truex Jr. proved at Sonoma that he is the driver to be on road courses this year. We saw it even with Tyler Reddick last year. I just think that Martin Truex Jr. is so hot right now and, and that he's the driver to beat on road courses. Plus 700, I'm taking him for the win. And for uh, sleepers, I'm going to go with the guy we have not mentioned this episode because a lot of the guys that we have touched on are inside the top 15 in odds, and that is kind of a testament to you know, where they're at and, and how much of a value they actually are this week. The driver in 16th in the, the top odds this week is Ryan Blaney, plus 4,000 for the win, tied with guys like Kevin Harvick, Alex Bowman, and Ty Gibbs. You know, Blaney's not a guy you think of when you go to road courses, but his win earlier this year, again, came out of nowhere. I think he's going to be really motivated to win a race that is important to everyone in the sport. You know, it's a big race. We touched on this early in the episode. It's a big market. NASCAR is trying to appeal to a, a much broader and different and unique audience than what it usually has. And kind of in the same vein as you discussed with Chase Elliott, how big a Chase Elliott win would be for the sport. I think the same about a Ryan Blaney win. I mean, he's such a popular driver, a guy that is very recognizable and uh, easy to root for. And I think that that would be a very popular win. And so I could just, I'm visualizing Ryan Blaney in victory lane. I could see it happening despite the fact that he's not necessarily a guy that's favored to perform necessarily that well at this race. Yeah, I feel good about him too. I think when you think prestige, you think Penske. So I think all three of those drivers, Logano, Blaney, and Cendrick are going to be due for a really good run in Chicago. For my sleeper, I'm going to go with another one of my gut calls. I think Bubba Wallace will be due for a nice top 10 day. Again, I know that the results really aren't there uh, throughout his career on road courses, but this just seems like a race where Bubba's going to come out and put on a show for the fans. Again, I think he's in a really great headspace. He's enjoying what he's doing, and that's going to breed confidence and results. So uh, my winner, again, is going to be Chase Elliott, and my sleeper is going to be Bubba Wallace. It's going to be a fun one. 100 laps at a track we have never seen before in the Cup Series. It is the Grand Park 220 at the Chicago Street Course. going to be a really fun race weekend. I cannot wait to follow along. Green flag at 5.30 Eastern time on Sunday and you're going to definitely, again, I caution again as I look at the time that practice and qualifying start, you can take everything that we have said for what it's worth, but it's going to be so much more important to watch practice and qualifying this week. It's going to be very important to keep tabs on 
which drivers and teams unload quick, and who's got the best natural feel for this track. Because I think there's going to be some names we haven't even mentioned in this episode that could come out and just have a good feel for the track. And we're not going to find that out until Saturday, 1.30 for the practice, and then an hour after that, 2.30 qualifying. So that's going to be very important to keep tabs on, and you can keep tabs on social media with us at the underscore money stop. If there's any kind of a bet that you're curious about, you're on the fence about, we'll give you some advice. If there's a couple of drivers that you're surprised we didn't talk about, a couple of drivers that you're surprised we did talk about, let us know. We'll give you our input at the underscore money stop on uh, specifically Twitter. We're very active, but also on Instagram, Facebook. You can find all the great graphics that have visuals of the things that we have discussed on this episode. The money stop, the most important stop of the day, which is presented by Kicking the Tires and Sharp Link Gaming. Cole, it's a really exciting weekend, one of many exciting race weekends on the schedule this year. And uh, I, I just, I can't wait to see how this plays out. Yeah, I, I think NASCAR's going to put on a great show. It's already looking like a party over there in downtown Chicago between Bubba's Block Party and all the other concerts they're putting on there throughout the weekend. Um, I really wish I was there, man. This looks like a great event. I think the whole sport's behind it. I think it's going to be a great show, and man, it's a 4th of July weekend race. Those ones always tend to produce some really great racing, some really memorable racing, and I cannot wait to see who ends up in victory lane. It's going to be a fun one. And I do want to end the episode by extending our collective condolences to Jimmy Johnson and Chandra's family because of the the tragedy that happened. We haven't discussed it, and obviously it's something that's not easy to discuss, but um, really, unfortunately, Jimmy had to withdraw from the race in that 84 car because of the tragedy that happened with Chandra's family and we hope that everything's okay with the Johnsons and the Janways and, and that um, the, the better times are ahead but it'll be an exciting race weekend at the Chicago Street Course. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the most important stop of the day. We're going to drop the jack here on the money stop. For Cole, I'm Steven Cusimano and we'll see you next week.